with us? I am. I hope you can hear me. I can hear you just fine. Uh, we were just commenting on the beautiful weather up here in Pretoria and Johannesburg. How is the weather down in Cape Town? Uh, it is glorious. What can I tell you? <laughs> and now is when you say uh, straight after the show, you're going to be going down to the beach and dipping your toe in the ocean. <laughs> Swimming with the octopuses. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> I wish. Tomorrow. Uh, yeah, lovely. <laughs> the weekend is approaching. <laughs> the weekend so is approaching. Oh, Thank it's you. it's lovely to have you on again, Michael. In fact, I've got mm. a big smile as uh, as I hear your voice. It's always good to speak to you, both on the show and in other uh, other times when I've often needed to call you when stuff is going down in the country and I I need to get the lowdown on what's happening either in Parliament or or elsewhere. Mm. What's going on in Chats? What on earth is going on in Chatsworth <laughs> at the moment? You, you may well ask, look, this case started in September last year, yeah. and essentially what happened was there were two instances, one where a, a local a church evangelist was preaching, and he basically made the statement that Jesus is above every other name, and Praise he did so the in the Lord. context of asking people why they would worship, say, Hindu gods, of which I think there are some 36 million. Mm. Um, and then another uh, pastor there um, called Pastor Joseph of Revival Ministries Church, he was giving an altar call. This was, again, recorded in a church service. So the one was outside. It was an evangelism-type event. Mm. And the other was inside the church. And as an altar call, he said, uh, every time it comes around, Kavadi time, which is obviously a Hindu festival, uh, you may feel a heaviness come upon you and your family. Is that you? I want to pray for you. Now, you would think there would be absolutely nothing wrong with those statements. Mm. <laughs> but the... Uh, South African Hindu Dharma Saba, which is a Hindu association, filed, first of all, criminal charges against both men uh, for crime and injuria, which is a very serious uh, assault on your dignity. You might remember Penny Sparrow, for example, with, for racist mm. remarks, was mm. convicted of that. Um, and also under the Equality Act, claiming that this was hate speech, but Furthermore, demanding that the men be indicted, forbidden for making such statements again, that they be compelled to complete 200 hours of community service, and that they each pay a million rand in damages uh, to the sure. South African Hindu Dharma Saba. So we, we got involved at a very early stage because, you know, clearly this is not what the intention of the Equality Act is, and it's certainly not, we believe, in keeping with the constitution of our country. Mm. You know, South African uh, constitution says that it belongs to all who live in it, united in our diversity. Mm. And, you know, the courts have confirmed that we should celebrate our diversity, not merely tolerate it. And so this was really uh, quite an extraordinary thing. Went to the magistrate's court in Chatsworth, which was serving as the Equality Court, and they referred it to the CRL Rights Commission, the Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Rights Commission for mediation. Mm. Mm. So, I mean, just help me understand what we're talking about here. On any given Sunday, um, or, or even during the week, as we go out and evangelistically proclaim the gospel uh, in the suburb where we serve, uh, we will make statements like Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we will say that that is an exclusive statement, that Jesus is saying that he is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. Is there, if I've understood what you're saying, the contention is that that, that becomes hate speech because a person has been offended. Precisely. And and that is one of the biggest dangers of the definition of hate speech in mm. the Equality Act, because it refers to speech that is harmful or hurtful. And 
this is really why we believe that, you know, we must and we are trusting that the constitutional court's judgment will, again, hmm. pull back the definition of hate speech to what is defined in the Constitution rather than what has been enacted by Parliament. Because, you know, many religions, not just the Christian religion, have a sort of triumphalist note to them. Hmm. And the problem is, of course, is that as soon as you express that, that could potentially, and this is what the Hindu Association are claiming, amount to hate speech and therefore be forbidden and potentially sanctioned if you do it. Um, now, it's probably worthwhile saying that the constitutional definition of hate speech is necessarily narrow because, of course, the wider you make hate speech, the, the definition of hate speech, the, 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 the more you look at things which are purely subjective, like speech that I find offensive or hurtful or harmful mm. um, or somehow sort of denigrating me, then it becomes increasingly easy to shut down speech that you simply don't like. And that's not the point of freedom of speech at all. In fact, we should be able to converse and to discuss, even in a robust way, our differences. But the definition of hate speech in the Constitution is an advocacy to hatred, and it has to be combined with an incitement to violence. So in other words, a statement like, kill the farmer, kill the boer, classic hate speech. Who do we want you to hate? Farmers. What do we want you to do to them? Kill them. But this, of course, is a very, very far removed um, situation. And th that is why we really felt that this thing should not be heard at all under the Equality Act of the Equality Court, um, that it should be referred to mediation by the CRL Rights Commission. And, and, and that mediation took place on Wednesday, by the way. Well, uh, did you get any kind of feedback? Uh, how, how did, uh, what was the outcome of that mediation? Well, we haven't actually heard. We were in touch with all parties yesterday. We didn't hear back yesterday. But again, the, the CRL is specifically mandated for this purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, the Constitution sets them up. As you know, they're a Section 9 institution. And their Act of Parliament says that their job, among others, is to promote and develop peace, friendship, humanity, tolerance, and national unity among within religious communities. Mm. And so we are certainly hoping that within their mandate, and clearly the Constitution does not envisage uh, you know, hate speech being used as a conflict point between religions, in fact, if anything, the exact opposite, that they will come up with a satisfactory conclusion. So that's certainly what we're hoping to hear. Um, it obviously is unnecessary and potentially very damaging if this case does go forward into the court system because we actually don't need i think a precedent on this um and also it's worthwhile bearing in mind that the Kulani case which you may be familiar with where um a, a journalist a former south african ambassador uh, john Kulani, made a very disparaging denigrating and even hurtful um statements about the lgbt community and practice and so on and the supreme court of appeal uh, overthrew the earlier judgment against him and said, no, that you, we cannot have speech limited just because it offends people. And the Constitutional Court heard that case last year. John Kulani died in the meantime, but that's okay in the sense that the case will go forward. And we're now waiting to hear. And we sincerely, sincerely hope that the Constitutional Court will bring us back to the narrow definition uh, because that enables freedom of speech, that enables you know, solid, robust debate, exchanges of views without fear or sanction. And that is exactly what we need as a foundation stone in, in our democracy. So, sometimes, Michael, when we talk about, you know, things that are happening at a political level or, or, or things that are happening in a, in a smaller geographical area, be that Chatsworth or, or whatever, um, it, it, we kind of distance ourselves from, from what's going on. But, but really, this conversation around hate speech does affect 
um, the broader population of South Africa. Uh, what are some of the ways, just as as you think through this, that that the listeners are affected by what is going on, and and some of the things, some of the reasons why they should really care uh, about the outcomes of of cases of mediation of what's happening at the Constitutional Court right now. We live in a system of law, and the Constitutional Court is, of course, the highest. It's the apex court in South Africa. But every precedent that is set will have an impact. And we are fighting numbers of cases at the moment where we know that the outcome, even though you might think, well, it is remote and far from me. And often, you know, we have that not in my backyard mentality. If it's not in my backyard, it doesn't affect me. Actually, when it comes to law, it does and it will. And decisions, legal precedents, once they're set, have general application, particularly if they're set in a high court, particularly if they're set in one of the higher courts, the Supreme Court of Appeal or the Constitutional Court, it will apply to everyone in South Africa. So, for example, um, we are involved in a case with a wedding venue, and the wedding venue declined declined very graciously to celebrate the wedding of a same-sex couple. They wish them well. They have nothing against them. In fact, they welcome uh, same-sex people onto their property. They've had many events where that's, that they've been involved and welcomed, of course. But they just simply said that they should not be forced to celebrate, to do something which went against their conscience and belief and their belief specifically in uh, marriage being between one man and one woman and symbolic of Christ and his church. Mm-hmm. And that case is going forward. It has not yet been heard. But if the precedent is set, if the court rules against them, and again, in this instance, there's a two million rand damages claim. So these things are not minor small things. Um, then what that will mean is that anybody can be forced to do anything for anyone. And we don't think that that is at all the right outcome. We believe that people's conscience and belief rights should be respected and that your belief and your conscience is as much a part of your human dignity as, say, your sexual orientation. And it's egregious, we think, that the South African Human Rights Commission should choose one side and put government funding behind that, uh, whereas the RT has to basically find their own money and defend themselves. So these are things which are going to affect everybody. Um, We're doing another case, uh, which we're working on, which we can talk about maybe uh, some depth, because it's also coming pretty topical and current. And it's called the Isipantla case, where uh, a family who belonged to a, a Christian school with a Christian ethos, who'd obviously signed up and subscribed to their ethos, their son came back wearing an Isipantla, which is an ancestor sort of worship bracelets, the goatskin bracelet. And the school said, no, that was against, first of all, their basic policy on on jewellery and what have you, but it also was contrary to their ethos. They don't believe in ancestor worship. And again, a lawsuit was launched against them. Again, 300,000 rand damages claimed, um, and also that this customary tradition should actually come in and effectively trump the Christian ethos of the school. Well, that means that effectively you won't be able to have religious schools if that case is lost. Um, You won't be able to have an organization where you can claim that my beliefs uh, or our beliefs as a collective that we all agree together are set because what will happen is if somebody comes in and disagrees with that, potentially they can say, well, you've got to now accommodate me and my views. And again, we think that freedom of association, freedom of belief, freedom of conscience, these things are going to be seriously compromised. And again, as you said, they will affect everybody. So we must protect, promote and defend religious freedom rights. It is so important. It is vital because they are a basket of human rights that everybody in this country should, we believe, enjoy to the fullest. Uh, 
someone listening in even this morning, uh, here's your call to action, protect, promote and defend uh, religious freedom rights uh, and they want to join in whatever way that might be. How, how, do, how do people go, go about either finding out more information about what we've spoken about today um, or getting involved in, uh, in, in this broader discussion? Well, Mark, the best thing to do would be to go to our website, uh, www.forsa.org.za, forsa.org.za, and you can sign up to our newsletter, uh, which is, of course, free. You can uh, certainly, if you're an organization, a church organization, you can join us. That means that we'll stay in touch with you about all these things as well. And also, we would ask you to please donate to us. Um, because we are a voluntary organization and we only can continue our work based upon donations that we receive. But above all else, I think just stay informed. Uh, we're also on social media, Facebook, uh, Freedom of Religion Essay. So uh, stay informed. You know, the, the Bible commends people who understood the times, the sons of Issachar. And I think in this instance and at this time, uh, particularly with such volatility, it is so important that we stay informed and involved uh, and able to make our voice heard when we need to make it heard. And there are ways and we always, as best as we can, give people the opportunity to engage themselves. Well, Michael, really good chatting to you. I really appreciate uh, the engagement. Uh, looking forward to hearing how this uh, rolls out. And uh, please do keep in contact with us. Brilliant. We'll look forward to chatting again next week. A real blessing to you, brother. Bye. Thank you. Well, uh, um, yeah, really good to hear what is going on uh, in the state, uh, how things are going. Um, uh, really good to hear from 4SA regarding um, uh, movements and what is happening at a at a constitutional level and at a court level. Um, also good to hear uh, from listeners right now. Uh, Louis, uh, say hello to you. Interesting topic. I love it. So inspiring. God bless. Thanks for that comment that came in via Facebook. Just once again, uh, listeners, we do have um, five copies of Gentle and Lowly uh, that we are able to get um, to you. Uh, if you are interested uh, in that book, in that giveaway, uh, the way that you can put your name into the hat is by saying, how, what do you think? Um, what is discipleship? How do you go about doing discipleship at your local church? Are you being discipled? Are you discipling? Uh, answers to those kinds of questions coming in via Facebook uh, will make you eligible uh, for that free book giveaway. At this stage, we are going to be bringing on uh, Tommy van der Valt. Let me introduce you to Tommy. Um, well, uh, Tommy and I have been friends for a number of years. Um, I met him uh, through Brackenhurst Baptist Church. He had been serving as a ministry abroad. Uh, even before that, he had worked as a senior project manager and property manager um, before going into full-time ministry. And uh, committing to full-time ministry, he moved to India uh, and ministered there for a number of years. Um, and after those two years, he moved back to South Africa. He currently serves as an elder at Brackenhurst Baptist Church. A few weeks ago, we had Doug von Mieter uh, on the show. He was talking about hope, um, and uh, that church is a, a sister church with our own. Um, and Tommy also heads an organization and uh, serves an organization called Imprint, uh, 
uh, imprint is a ministry that endeavors to leave a healthy mark on the church in Africa, mm. providing trustworthy resources and training to churches. And they were the sponsor uh, of the book giveaway yeah. uh, this morning. Tommy, are you with us, brother? I'm here. Ah, it's good to have you on the line. How, how are you doing? Yeah. Good. Thanks for having me, brother. Great Appreciate stuff. It. And Tommy, this morning we're going to be talking about discipleship. Yeah, one of my my passions, love and, discipling, and particularly discipleship under lockdown. Uh, discipleship in a post-lockdown world, because because <coughs> the world has shifted, the world has changed somewhat, and mm. in many ways, uh, whilst the church uh, uh, isn't going to shift to the left or to the right, uh, we are set. Uh, we have been given our mandate by our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ we obviously exist in a world which has shifted dramatically and I'm I'm interested in in both how we set discipleship down biblically mm. um, but also how, how discipleship might look over the next coming months and years uh, in a post coronavirus world in a world which is digitally enabled uh, you know just kind of working through some of those uh, those topics conversationally and uh, and sharing some ideas and some things that are are working uh, from your side and and Seppel bringing you into the conversation as well mm-hmm. but Tommy maybe let's just start off by talking about what is discipling what is discipleship when we when we use that word i'm guessing it's christianese people have heard it before um but but what is it what is it intrinsically how, how can we explain it to anybody who might be listening this morning yeah so i, I think a, a good definition a practical dis- definition is pretty much discipling is someone helping someone else grow in their walk with Jesus? That sounds so like a Mark Dever a, a Mark Dever quote. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. Yeah, no, um, I, read, I read the same a, quote last night. <laughs> you 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 know me as well, right? <laughs> good man, um, good man. Yeah, yeah, so it's 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 basically um, a one believer helping another believer grow in their walk with Christ. So. And, and it's go, going both ways. So it mm. could be a mature believer helping an immature believer grow. And even in that relationship, the immature believer might ask a good question that will help the mature believer grow in their faith. So it's pretty much just walking next to each other um, and, and help them, each other grow, grow in their walk with, with Christ. I guess the key to what you're saying there so, is it's toward the person of Christ. Um, it's the image of Christ. This yeah. is part of the this is part of the regular um, life of a believer. Uh, our desire is to go from one degree of glory to the next. Uh, our desire is to yeah. follow Jesus as closely as we are able. Um, and so discipleship is how that happens. Mm-hmm. How we encourage one another to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and and just maybe, and I'm I'm jumping the gun here, but I think the problem with discipling is that people um, try and disciple unbelievers, um, which is a whole new topic, which I'm happy to discuss later mm-hmm. on, is, is evangelism. But we need to make sure that there's a distinct difference between evangelism and discipling. Um, I mean, you cannot help an unbeliever grow in their walk with Christ. <laughs> you need to evangelize, and I think because uh, people kind of misunderstand the two two things evangelism and discipleship 
um, is that uh, that they uh, and that's when you run into trouble or having difficulty in discipling because you're actually discipling someone that that doesn't really want to grow or they don't know Christ so they don't know how to grow. Um, so that's one of the pitfalls I, I would see. Well, let's bring a let's bring a little bit of scripture in here so yeah. that we ground what mm-hmm. we're saying on some biblical theology. And, and I am going to I am going to move the conversation over to Tepo uh, in studio. But but before I do, just um, you you drew the distinction, Tommy, between discipling and discipleship, and saying often uh, and it's problematic that we disciple people who aren't yet Christians. Uh, just let me put a verse out that comes to mind in Matthew twenty eight. We read. Jesus in the Great Commission saying, Go therefore um, and make disciples of all nations, mm-hmm. baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and I will be with you always to the end of the age. Uh, I didn't quote yeah. King James, <laughs> but it did come from memory, so I'm guessing that was the Christian Standard Bible. Um, so you've got you've got four verbs going on in that sentence, right? You've got Go, you've got baptize, you've got teach, and you've got make, make disciples. The main verb mm. quite clearly in the sentence is make disciples, mm. and there are three present yeah. participles, going, baptizing, and teaching. So in other words, we, we make disciples by being a going people, by being a baptizing people, and by being a teaching people. Uh, and I'm just turning the, the statement that you said and the distinction that you drew between evangelism and discipleship, I'm just turning that back to you on that scripture the scripture seems to include yeah. an aspect of um uh, of evangelism in it right you to make disciples and the way that you do it sure. is by going into the world and and then baptizing people in the name of the father the son it sounds like it starts kind of pre belief mm. and then moves into belief and then moves toward maturity in teaching what, what might you say to that Yeah, no, a big amen. Um, I think um, that whole thing of making disciples, so you you go in your day-to-day life, so as you are going through life, you make disciples by, by uh, so there's an aspect before baptism and there's an aspect after baptism in that scripture. That's how I read it. That you, you make disciples by evangelizing them, so you, they become a disciple through your evangelism, and what do they do then? Then they get baptized, and then it says, and then you teach them, um, and that's where discipling comes in. So there is definitely in that one uh, part of uh, scripture, there are both and uh, evangelism, and then discipling. Uh, so, or you can call it discipleship and discipling. Uh, discipleship with making the disciple and then discipling is the action of maturing that disciple now that's kind of funny that you drew a distinction between discipleship and <laughs> discipling because yeah, Tepo and I have an hour drive on the way to Pretoria right and uh, on the way yeah. we're, we're, like, we're going down the going up the N1 and uh, we start off and I say well Tips, you know what's a what's a definition of discipling what's a definition of discipleship and he says no 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 these are two very different things and then he goes and he talks about yeah. nouns and he talks about present participles and I'm like but they're the same thing. Tepo, I guess now you actually well, get Tepo. to make your point and, and possibly I was wrong because Tommy clearly agrees with you. What's, yeah. the, what's the difference in your mind anyway between discipleship and discipling? How am I so wrong? 
So Tommy, <laughs> so I was saying to Mark, I think in compartments, right? Yeah. So so I was thinking, um, yeah. discipleship, it's 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 an all-encompassing word which involves me being discipled and me being a disciple. Mm. So that's everything involving mm. discipleship. So yeah, and 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 just to just to talk about what you've just said, Tommy, um, which I think is very important. You you mentioned that um. You can't disciple unbelievers. So, you, like, you mm. can't, you can't disciple a person to Christ who's not profess faith in Christ. And just to just to add a scripture there, um, Acts eleven twenty six, and this this was in Antioch. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So these are disciples, followers of Christ. And so a disciple is actually a Christian by definition. So it's mm. it's very important that we we aren't trying to convert people or well convert people's morals other than converting their souls like having them to follow Christ before we teach them the ways of Christ. So that's very foundational. Yeah. You know I love that that we aren't trying to convert people's morals um apart from converting their souls. Uh, uh, really uh, the Christian life is a life of professing faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, not a life of just becoming a better pe- person because yeah. better people um will one day stand before God without yeah. a a hope in hell um because they are not washed by the blood of the lamb. And so uh, if I've understood what you're mm. saying correctly a disciple is a Christian a Christian is a disciple Definitely. if we're going to obey Christ that's all very well and good but we must be in Christ first yes. um that he might yeah. be glorified in and through us yeah um maybe just to turn yeah, back I think that's, yeah, that's shit, a I mean. big thing sorry Mark yeah. that um if if you're going to disciple an unbeliever you're going to pretty much tell him that he can be saved by works yeah. and that's the problem mm. um mm. instead in a Christian's life or sorry a believer's life I, I I started talking more believers life um, is a, a, a life of like it says you need to work out your own salvation not to mm-hmm. get salvation but to out of thankfulness of what Jesus did for you you will act differently to attract people to the faith and 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 so there, there is an aspect of workspace if they're not a believer and you disciple them mm-hmm. versus Disciple, discipling a, a believer in growing in their walk with the Lord. So I think that's a, a danger that I'm, I'm referring to. That you're going to pretty much just make disciples of on on works instead of yeah yeah just true, to, true just growing to, Christians. Just to underline what you're saying, Tommy um, Penny on Facebook says you can't disciple an unbeliever as you can't grow someone who hasn't been born. Uh, the reality is, we and must you must you must you must be born again. Um, but once you're born again, the dis- the, the Christian lo- life looks like something, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It, it looks like a, a, an abundant, yeah. fruitful expression of the glory of God manifest in the life of a believer. And so, and so we we expect our lives to transform. We expect the lives of those who profess Christ. Um, to change, and and one of the ways that that change happens is in the context of discipleship so so why should we tommy um engage in discipling what, what's the what's the overarching reason why this is something that we should be doing mm. well i think it's the, the 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 verse that you quoted uh from matthew um mm-hmm. talks about an instruction that the lord gave us um so 
Uh, he says, go therefore. First he says, all mm. authority belongs to me in Matthew 16 and 18. So we've got his authority uh, to share the gospel. Um, and uh, and then he says, go, do it now. Go make disciples. Uh, you are the representatives of my kingdom. I want my kingdom to grow. Um, so do it um, in maturity, obviously, as well. Um, and we need we need to grow. So I think that's the, the first answer that I would give you is that it was a commandment from the Lord. He wants us to grow in in holiness and in His likeness, um, and the way we do it is by discipling. Mm. A command, uh, I, I I guess. So often we we read the Bible as a set of stories, and we forget how impactful it it has been on Christians throughout all the ages, and that the intention of God's word is that it impacts our lives too. The mm. commands of Christ yeah. are given that they might be followed. I, I just think uh, you preached a few weeks ago on 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, which is, yeah. is one of my favorite verses. How much you know that you know. <laughs> How much you know that you know that you, are, that you love Christ, that you are in Christ, that you are mm. of Christ. And the answer is that you obey his commands. Yeah. Uh, and the Great Commission is a command. We are commanded to go. We are commanded to baptize. We are commanded to teach. And ultimately, all of that wraps up into this uh, topic of discipleship anything to add and, and yeah. also yeah anything to add Tepo yeah so um, just yeah this and discipleship and or being disciple or being a discipler is a lifelong um, uh, what is this it's a lifelong thing that Christians process. have to do. Yeah, a process. Thanks, Tommy. Process is way better than <laughs> thing, brother. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, well, English ran away from me. <laughs> but anyway, so so yeah. Um, it's it's a lifelong thing because when you become a disciple, um, there's there's a starting point which is when you become born again, right? And I actually like that comment that that spoke about just like you can't raise a child that hasn't been born mm. so so you become a disciple there's a starting point and you continue to mature in that discipleship and you you become actually more and more mature in Christ and well Ephesians 4 tells us that why elders um, pastors teachers evangelists prophets and apostles were given to us so that every man might be mature in Christ and so that is that is that whole lifelong process, nothing mm. uh, that that a Christian gets into. So it's 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 like for for a Christian to not be a disciple or not being discipled, that's that's a big thing because Christianity is all about discipleship because mm. a disciple is a Christian. Yes, synonymous yeah. one with another. Yeah. So, so maybe different emphases. Uh, you know, the word disciple. I, I often think of kind of uh, New Testament pictures flash into my mind, and the picture of the rabbi walking ahead of a group of men, mm. and them kind of like picking up the dust of his feet, and you know, kind of uh, being with him and learning from him and growing from him. A Christian being associated with Christ, being a uh, being identified. Um, uh, known as being a Christ follower I guess in, in many ways the, these words are so close that to separate them would be a danger yeah. uh, and certainly a danger to the church uh, I mean Tommy is there a possibility brother as we as we think of some of the problems that the church faces in our day and age that some of it is rooted in this in the fact that we are not discipling 
uh, as we ought. Mm. That mm. that kind of like Christianity or the church has become a show that we attend on a Sunday for an hour, and the other 147 mm. hours of our week belong to us. Um, and and as a result, we're not being discipled we're not giving ourselves over to discipleship and so we're not growing mm. like Tepo yeah. spoke um, mm. from being a babe toward maturity um, is that something that we that mm. we see at the church in large is it something that that, that you possibly mm-hmm. see yeah so so I, I think what I've been seeing lately and, and that's how you started the conversation when I joined is the whole thing of or the question that we would get to uh, is, is the discipling in a post-COVID world, did you say? Mm. Um, I think we're struggling with it at the moment because I don't think we were really um, <laughs> that equipped or we didn't understand yeah. discipling. So if you even in a pre even in a pre COVID world, <laughs> so so yeah, we were exactly. str- yeah, we yeah, were yeah. struggling with discipleship uh, before the twenty sixth of March twenty twenty when lockdown started. Uh, I think what are we on yeah. like a hundred and three hundred and thirty days now? Um, but no wonder yeah. we're struggling with discipleship under lockdown. <laughs> we weren't great yeah. at it before. Exactly. Yeah. So I, that whole definition, and that's why I like it so much. And I think I've butchered it a little bit, but. If it's one Christian to another Christian, just helping one another grow in Christ, you can do it during lockdown. I mean, mm. we've got WhatsApp, yes. we've got video call, we've got Zoom, we've got phones, we've got, we could at one stage go to a coffee shop and still can. So there are means that we can do that and we can get into the practical things a little bit later. But I think that is what you're, you mentioned now. I think we are struggling now because we, we didn't do it pre-COVID. Mm. Um, so, and and I do think that if you're going to look at just a Sunday, once a Sunday, or even twice a Sunday, uh, go to church and and get fed, you're going to get either get fat by just being fed and not giving and exercising what you were uh, equipped with, mm. or if that's the only time you're getting fed, you're going to get hungry. I mean, if I only eat breakfast, and I'm a I'm quite a healthy, biggish man, but if if I only eat breakfast man at, at, at evening time comes i am i'm starving mm. um and i get and i get hangry you know <laughs> that term. um and 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 then just i'm i'm a zero on a contract which but if you regularly feed and you feed and you give mm. out and you you get energy and you use what you fed on mm. um to to exercise those muscles uh, you just so much more healthy and and i think and my wife always complained that I, I speak in pictures, but that's the picture. Um, that that we need to feed regularly to have energy and to give uh, back. Um, so I, th- I think that is a big problem that people see church as just kind of a once a week, mm. one moment on one day kind of activity. But if you go back to what a definition of a church is, the church is its members. Um, so that's the church. So I'm not going just to the building. I'm going to a fellowship, a gathering, uh, a community. I belong to a body. Um, and Romans and First Corinthians talks about that, that we belong to a community and a body. And we need to feed each other. I can't just give vitamin C to my finger. I need to give vitamin C to, to my tummy to distribute everywhere through the veins to every part of the body. Mm. Um, and I don't think people understand that. And no wonder we struggle with discipling. 
So, so this idea of discipleship happening within the context of the local church, but also discipleship happening um, beyond uh, the local church, is is something that I I, mm. I really want us to start to engage in. Kind of like how the 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 how of discipleship. Let me just bring in uh, Christine because she uh, dropped a uh, comment on Facebook. She says she has been exposed uh, to disciple making movements, uh, not through the congregation, but by a brother in Christ, and that they use. Um, direct Bible study um, in order to do that um, and she says thanks for an interesting program um, but it really does come down to how people are discipled um, you, uh, you, how does discipleship actually happen what are the mechanisms for discipleship I want to grow in Christ I mean I really do I, I, I don't I don't sit here as being as being fully mature I'm growing toward maturity in Christ and I, I'm looking forward to to growing in my knowledge and in my love to him how, how do I go about being discipled uh, Tommy Let, let's start talking about that and and after you've uh, given a couple of ways uh, we'll bring in Tepo as well and Tommy how do we go about being discipled yeah. so I think we can we can start off with um, just some key concepts of, of, of discipling so you get discipling within like a, a family member um, so yeah, then you get uh, discipling from different spiritual levels, if you want to do that, like uh, um, uh, mature to younger. Then you've got the church member, mm. even though we're part of a universal church, there, there, there are church local churches with church members. Then you get like gender, uh, female with female, male to male, bigger groups. Um, so that could be then age. We look at different ages. Uh, think of Titus, where an older woman and a younger woman. Mm. Um, and then normally I would help help people to understand that look for someone different. Um, mm. If I'm going to disciple only on the golf course because I love playing golf, uh, it's going to be a problem. So look for someone different than you with different uh, passions or different interests. To really force yourself to disciple, uh, not golf discipling or cycling discipling, but but mm. disciple in the word. Mm. Um, so I think that's a, a, a good thing. Um, and then things like proximity or schedules. Uh, if you know of someone that works close to you, meet up for lunch. Uh, that's in the same church. Um, time schedules. If a mom has a small baby, she's got sleeping rhythms. Um, or mom that's at home maybe and, and she needs to fold the laundry, uh, uh, a young lady can go visit her and help her with that. Um, so scheduling plays a, ro- a role uh, in that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's different ways to, to just kind of think outside the box. And uh, a post-COVID world, you kind of need to rip the, the box apart to think through those things. Well. Uh, look, I, I I don't mean to because sl- that was quite an exhaustive and long mm, list, mm. Um, and I don't want to slow <laughs> us down too much. But but the very first item that you spoke about was discipleship that happens mm. within the context of the family, um, and I I do I just want to draw that out a, a little bit because I, I think too often when we think of discipleship we think of it something that the pastor must do to individual members in the church, um, um, and mm. yet we're talking about something which is far broader th- than what one person in one congregation could ever achieve by themselves. The, the, this affects yep. all of the believer's life and is multi 
relational, if that makes sense. But maybe let, let's mm. just talk a little bit about the family and, and, and family discipleship. I, I, I'm thinking of um, texts in God's word that says to parents that they must um, that they must grow up the children in the discipline and instruction of God's word. A clear mm. mandate to parents to be involved in the discipleship of their mm-hmm. uh, of their children. Um, what might that look like? Uh, you know, on any given on any given day of the week, um, Tommy. G- Give a listener some idea of how parents might be involved in the discipleship, even of their own children, um, because then it becomes something that all of us immediately click. Oh, this is something I should be doing too. <laughs> um, there are discipleship yeah. relationships I have in my life that I can already get started on um, as a discipler. Uh, what does what does discipling yeah. children look like, Tom? Yeah, I, I think basic. Um, I think one danger is to always look to material, but I mean, we've got the material, the Bible, so anyone can do that. But um, what I like to do is um, so either do family devotions, which I know some people don't have time for. Well, it's it's a struggle because kids are come back from school late or, or whatever else. But a really special time that I've had. Um, with with my daughter and one of my sons is is that age now as well is literally just to jump on their bed and and quickly read um, let's keep it on discipling uh, let's go Mark six verse seven and he who is Jesus called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them the authority over the unclean spirit oh wow hey my God who was the twelve disciples again. He called them. Um, why do you think he sent them out two by two? Mm-hmm. And in that way, I, I'm just having a, a lack of chat with my girl, and uh, I, I teach her the Bible. I show her some things. In that way, I disciple her mm-hmm. in how she should read the Bible. Oh, so I need to ask questions like, oh, I always wondered why did they he send them out two by two? Um, so he gave them authority, but where did he get the authority and why over unclean spirits so I'm just reading a little page. it's one verse I'm just asking her questions uh, whether she knows the answer or whether I give her the answer it doesn't really matter um, but I help her and I disciple her in how to read her Bible when she reads um, and that could be a, a five or ten minute conversation which is not long or you can sit hey I'm eating my my food with you guys around the table. Let's just quickly, hey, um, why do you think Paul or David said this in Psalm whatever? Um, or Daniel, why, why do you think the lions didn't eat him? They just do like a fun pop quiz uh, with a Bible open next to your plate. Um, to me, that is much better. That might be just my personality, but to go sit down, okay guys, let's all sit down on the couch, let's open this book from Mark Penrith that wrote on uh, spiritual disciplines for the kids or whatever it is. Um, I just find that fun, so I teach my kids how to read the Bible um, and we we go through the Bible uh, and that's just discipling for me. Uh, Benny... Uh, also on Facebook makes the makes the comment that this is 
the big question are we doing it the right way and and mm. Benny's talking in the context of young believers of of youth and and yeah Tepo I am mm. going to be bringing you in uh, he says what what is the right way uh, daily communication with young believers give them some homework invite them to cell groups encourage them to join on outreaches the most important part is to give them foundational teaching word obedience faith relationship uh, and then discipleship my biggest fear is that doing it the wrong way um, but at the same time, uh, we are all st- we are still learning. Uh, mm. When it comes to youth, Tepo, how, how do how do we go about discipling youth? And and now I, I'm not necessarily thinking of of parents to teenagers in their house, um, but I'm thinking in the context of a local church, a, a context in a church where God has brought youth in um, and entrusted youth to the church. How do we go about ensuring that we are moving them toward the mature man in Christ? Yeah. Okay. So um, it's interesting because the youth, yo, the stuff that the youth goes through is is on a, on another level, right? Mm. Uh, now I'm not gonna bring adolescents because I don't believe in those kind of things. <laughs> but anyway, so um, youth is 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 mm, it's unique in it in 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 a sense because these um, teenagers are well. I'll say this is a phase where feelings are more heightened than in any other time. And so this is where actually you need to be hands on. Um but you like 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 we said in the beginning you can't be you can't be teaching them to obey Christ without them being Christian. So constantly what I'm driving at is salvation mm. constantly. And 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 the gospel really helps because when we let's say for for instance we talking about a specific topic on that night at youth um let's say it's 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 relationships um and we talking about relationships so firstly we we're going to talk about the gospel and we're going to talk about what the gospel is and then how then should that play itself out in relationships because now you're discipling them because now they've got the foundation you've given them christ and now what does christ say this should look like what do you think it should look like in your in your case as a young christian who is um in a relationship is it going to look like the world because the world does things that the world does Mm. and and so yeah so basically it's it's constantly taking them back to christ and then shaping how that should then play itself out as um a, as a christian yeah or else you're just driving moral uh behavior guys we're going to come back to this topic uh, after the break particularly as um discipleship relates to youth and then we'll take it and move it forward but right now we are going to listen to a song by ricardo unchained I see the comment uh, hallelujah on Facebook it's great to be encouraged by you uh, this morning we are speaking with Tommy van der Volt. Uh, Tommy and I are good friends uh, he served as a missionary in India for a number of years. He's currently an elder at Brackenhurst Baptist Church uh, and serves an organization called Imprint, which endeavors to leave a healthy mark uh, on the church in Africa, providing trustworthy resources and training to churches. Uh, I, I just got that healthy mark now. 
um uh, tommy that that's kind of funny because uh i guess in many ways you are connected uh in in spirit with uh, nine marks of a healthy church and and nine marks the organization in the states uh that book written by mark dever uh, that you quoted from uh earlier yeah hey, man. Uh, and it's it's leaving a you, you see the fingerprint yeah so that's the mark mm. I, i'm with you so it wasn't on the, me on the imprint okay so yeah i i, I wasn't one of the marks <laughs> we, we actually well, you could be but you, you and i actually got to spend quite a bit of time together because we went to the states in what was it 2019 20 yeah 2019 yeah. we went to the states together for an internship a, a, a mm-hmm. workshop a, what was it called a Intensive. An intensive. Thank you very much. I was struggling for the word there. An intensive at Capitol Hill Baptist Church, which basically Mm. brought together people from all over the world. Um, I mean, there were Mm -hmm. folk from Europe, folk from Asia, uh, folk from Africa, uh, brought them together to discuss, like, what does a healthy church look like and practically how might that look like uh, on the continents where we serve. And discipleship was front and center, and that's what we're talking about today. Uh, Discipleship was front and center in terms of the marks of a healthy church. Um, We have a listener uh, known to us, particularly to Tepo, uh, Lerati, (laughs) uh, who dropped the comment. How can we go about encouraging uh, a church that maybe doesn't have discipleship hard-baked mm. into its ethos, into its DNA? How, how do we go about encouraging a church to move towards discipleship as being front and center in what mm. they do? Uh, you know, Tommy, for, for Le, to answer Lerato's question and, and also just to get the ball rolling in the second segment of the show, um, how would you talk to a church and and emphasize that discipleship is so important uh, to the strength and to the health of a local community yeah so uh, good question um there's a there are there are a few answers to that 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 i've experienced um and i think it's a i need to preface this first answer that discipling is not solely the elders job Mm. um to do Mm. but and that's my favorite word. My kids always laugh at me. But that, but the elders needs to lead uh. in showing them how to disciple. Um, I mean, one of the qualifications of an elder is to be hospitable. So to, to actually invite people over into their lives, showing them, hey, let's get together. Hey, why don't you read this article and, and come and discuss it with us as a family over, over dinner? Let's say it's a single man. Um, and, and let's let's do that. That's discipling. That's how we grow. Um, so I think, first of all, let the elders of the church or the pastors of the church uh, lead by example. Mm. I think, secondly, um, to encourage people um, or to, to make your, your congregation a, a reading congregation. Um, so to help people get together by reading and discussing things uh, of the Bible or the Bible, um, you can do that. Um, so I, I think it's a, it's more like a, a growing your congregation mm. um, as, a, as a community, as a family, right? So we all communicate, we all share things together, we all uh, counsel one another, pointing sin out in each other's lives. Because um, I feel discipling and discipline, which is another whole different topic, but they, they spelt very similar. Because I think formative discipline, which is molding each other, forming each other, um, is discipling. Mm. Um, so that 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 is a way to 
uh, help one another grow in Christ is by pointing sin out in each other's lives. Mm. And, and then the third answer I would give is to encourage people to be more transparent. Um, I did a Bible study on, on Wednesday evening, and one of the ladies in the Bible study just um, showed me, uh, as in, through the discussion, she's like, Tommy, but I, I think transparency breeds transparency. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to steal that and use it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm using it today. Mm. But it's to encourage your, your people, your congregation, your family to be more transparent, um, to say, hey, I'm struggling with a sin issue. Can we please get together? Hold me accountable, please. That's discipling. I think people misunderstand. I think the previous listener asked, how do we do this? I think it's not just reading the Bible, discussing it. That is one way. But another way is just to be involved in each other's lives, Mm. uh, to be transparent, saying, listen, yeah, I really struggle with being content this week, uh, or uh, I'm stressed and my anger levels are up. Can you Mm. please pray for me? Can we meet up? Can we discuss this? How have you dealt with your anger issues in the past? Mm. So just being transparent. Um, yeah, I guess so important over this period of lockdown where we are often isolated from one another is being mm-hmm. intentionally transparent because we're not, we're not in yeah. each other's lives, in each other's spaces as often as we, as we normally are. Um, and so that mm. actually sometimes requires us to take a step toward transparency, toward accountability. Uh, I want to talk about books a little bit because this is an area that Tepo and I uh, have been talking around. Um, And and just also because I I, I just want to stay with that question that Lerata raised um, Mm. earlier um, regarding how to encourage churches towards a discipleship culture. And I think one of the ways to do it um, is by being a book reading church, a a church which focuses on literature. Testimony. Uh, yesterday, I, I, I met uh, with a regular discipleship appointment. Uh, Jake, uh, him and I are really good friends. We we try and meet on a on a weekly basis. I got so excited because he has a discipleship, re- another discipleship relationship with Craig, a former elder in our local church. And uh, him and Craig uh, on Saturday are going to be heading off to Augustine Bookroom up here in Pretoria uh, to go and buy a couple of books together um, and one of the things that he wanted to know which were what would be recommended titles you know kind of like what are meaty books that that he should be sinking his teeth into it got me so excited because then you know that mm. that growth is happening mm. you know <laughs> you've got discipleship <coughs> happening in multiple relationships in his life you've got good books being read um, ultimately we're, we're moving toward the image of Christ mm-hmm. so so here's, here's a question in your life specifically and then for the sake of you know churches that might be listening and pastors that might be listening and what are some of the books that you have read in discipleship relationships or that you would advocate reading in discipleship relationships uh, over over the years so obviously the first one that comes to mind is nine marks of a healthy church Mm. so i went through the book with two guys at church well three Maybe four. <laughs> yeah, so so we went through that. Now I'm trying to think back at um, Tim Keller's book. I don't know if it's it it's it's a it's a book that we did, um, but it was Bible study related as well. Mm. So I can't remember the title. I'll I'll get to uh, to it and then give the title. So, but but there it was a much bigger group. Um, mm. It was it was um, let's say about fifteen plus people. And they would be well. Go read, 
and then come back mm. and then we discuss the contents of the book and 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 that that like i think book reading mm. really does help because yes. now you you get to think outside even outside of your sphere of thinking because yes. now even other topics that you might not have thought of um come up and now you get um um, um intrigued to think about these other specifics so what happens when i reach there um if i'm not there yet so now you you're even better equipped to deal with those situations so so yeah book reading is really helpful and um just to also also back to what tommy said Yes, we do get discipled in the local church, and yes, the pastor does lead by example. So, like, if after well, with the reading, what needs to be happening as well is engage with the Sunday morning or Sunday evening sermon, mm. engage with it, ask questions, um, talk to other members in the church, and say, Oh what did you think of this or what did that mean to you or how do i make sense of this in my walk this week and that way you'll find out that there's growth that happens um in the local church and just one more thing Mm. transparency that transparency breeds transparency thing uh tommy i was just thinking about it and just listening to uh well it was Jonathan Lehman and Mark Dever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they 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 were talking about um discipleship relationships. Like for for instance, let's say somebody came to uh well, this is basically Mark Dever talking. He said some if somebody came to him and, and wanted to be discipled or advised on gross sexual sin, um so he doesn't mm. have that sort of um background and he 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 actually said it is better if i would um refer this person to a brother who might have walked the same road because that might be the best person to disciple this person and so even in that there's 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 going to be a level of transparency and what i've found even in my discipleship relationships is that um it's always helpful to 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 come bare in front of the person and say, "Look, I'm I'm no I'm no angel who hasn't sinned or whatever." And so, when you let them know what you've been through, they become more comfortable with you, and they let you know what their struggles are. And so that way, you're able to help them without them having held back some mm. of the um, intimate things that they might have been um struggling with and so that actually is very helpful and and i think that's also Mm. one other helpful thing that we too need to be um we need to be transparent with the people that we're discipling Mm. because then we'd be able to better disciple them because they'll be able to share with us some of the things that they're struggling with and i i guess that really goes down to the goal the ultimate aim of discipleship which is which is movement toward the image of Christ I, I want to be more Christ like so even when I'm engaging with someone who might be might be earlier in their journey toward mm-hmm. Christ likeness than me um, while, while I might be pointing them to scriptures my goal is also that that I might be moved yeah. in the same direction that they're mm. moving and, mm. and so so it is we, we work off one another in a relational way and we're working toward the image of Christ I don't want to move too quickly away from books because mm-hmm. I, I do think that this is a great mechanism um, for churches to start a culture of discipleship uh, in a local mm. church and 
I just think of you know my early years as a Christian at Midrand Chapel, and and what a what an impact reading a book together with other Christians made. Um, I remember Chris Woolley introduced. He was the pastor at at Midrand Chapel. Introduced reading through the book um, in Understanding Be Men by T. C. Hammond. Um, and a little later, we read uh, another theological uh, book together with a group of men. I remember going through Disciplines of a Godly Man by Kent Hughes, uh, mm. and that book having a profound impact on mm. on on my views of holiness and my views of sanctification. And then recently at Crystal Park, um, we worked through. Um, uh, the transforming power of the gospel, mm. um, and, and I'm just forgetting the author, Tommy. You Jerry might Bridges. Jerry Bridges. Jerry that, Bridges. That book enabled me to fight sin. Um, just helped me to see the role of the Holy Spirit in fighting sin in a, such mm. a fresh and dynamic way um, that the Lord really used it in in, in my sanctification. I I, I really do. I Praise God that we we worked through that in our men's Bible study. Um, uh, Tommy, I know that you you spend quite a lot of time dealing with books. You spend quite mm. a lot of time reading books and 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 distributing books. What are some of the titles that that have made either an impact in your yeah. life or that you know are, are are resonating in a in a South African space uh, and books that lend themselves toward discipleship relationships in in group kind of contexts yeah so um i just switched off my video for a second because i'm i'm running around in my office trying to find the specific book that i'm looking for so i apologize for that but um a, a few books that have, have really played a huge impact in my life with regards to um yeah just growth and and going through it with with other men um, and I'll list a few I can't find the other one now um, but uh, I, this this little one by Vaughan Roberts True Friendship it's a super thin book I think it, yeah, it's like 80 pages or something they just tell it ex- explains to you what true friendship is really mm. really good um, and uh, that that's that's a good one a compelling community, um, which is also really good, just explaining what a community is. Mm. Um, then, obviously, discipling from Mark Dever, um, which is good. Uh, this one, biblical theology, mm. uh, which is also good. Uh, a group of men in our church is actually going through this at the moment, uh, and they they really enjoying that. And then. Um, in this trilogy by Gilbert, um, which is is just equipping you how to evangelize and how to, um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's really really good. Um, and then the one that I'm looking for and I can't find is Mark Chansky's. Um, it's got that is it uh, Man- Manly Dominion? It's got this like purple four ball snooker ball on the cover yes I've uh, heard about that that's really changed my life about stop having Adam sin by by being passive get on with life and, and deal with life um, mm. so those are a few uh, things that I've worked through and, and found really fruitful with relationships and, and just building in, into each other's life plus this whole reading a book together you hold each other accountable yeah uh, mm. Even afterwards, you can say, "Remember that chapter? I think you're going down the wrong r- route, brother." So again, going mm. 
back to that whole transparency thing, which I think is just breeding um, uh, discipling uh, relationships. Uh, so it's a uh, yeah, it's 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 that building relationships and something that while you were saying um, that whole thing of transparency, breeding transparency, um, I just realized as we were talking, it's so interesting that our sinfulness is preventing us from discipling. We all know we're sinners, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the Bible says no one is righteous. But why aren't we transparent? Mm. It's because we don't want to, oh, fear of men or embarrassment or mm. pride plays a big role of, I don't want to be transparent. But we shouldn't be surprised when someone shares a, their sin with us because mm. we are no one is no one is righteous. We, yeah. we shouldn't be. And I think that also prevents it that if I share a sin with you, Mark, and you go, oh, you're joking me. Tell me, did you really do that? Mm. Well, mm. I'm not going to share with you again. Um, but that shouldn't surprise us because mm. we are all sinners, yeah. right? And we all need a Savior, Jesus Christ. So, mm. yeah, just... You know, that, lest, lest we think that discipleship only happens in the context of men's groups, I, I have my <laughs> wife's voice at yeah. the back of my, my head saying, Mark, <laughs> say say Feminine Appeal by, as a Caroline Mahaney, uh, CJ Mahaney's wife, uh, a great book which they've used yeah. in ladies' Bible studies. And I know that many of our ladies' Bible studies also use this mechanism of reading a book, going through chapters, speaking mm. about this amongst themselves. As a conversation starter and as a heart prompter, Mm. Um, to get to the real issues, and then and then just maybe one other genre of books that shouldn't be overlooked, and that is the Christian biography. Christian biographies, friends. If if mm. you're listening to this uh, this morning, uh, can I encourage you to read Christian biographies? Uh, Twenty One Servants of Sovereign Joy by John Piper would be a great place to start, or uh, Twelve Faithful Men. Um, uh, biographies that that kind of compile a number of good men of faith that you can mm. learn from their lives, their testimonies, their struggles, their mm. their faith walks, the problems which they face. Um, great way to grow in Christ. And and when you read that together with other believers, a wonderful way um, to be discipled. Um, yeah. I actually found that title. Sorry, Mark. Book. Just it's oh uh, I'll let you, I'll let you go now, Tommy. Um, that yeah. book by but Tim first, Tepo will speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, before I close this page, so that the book by Tim Keller is uh, Gospel in Life. Um, okay. It's basically there's actually a study guide to it, and so you you fill out um, some questions. It's actually uh, Grace Changes Everything. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It, it was it was a good book to go through. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Tommy, you were gonna say. Um, just two classics uh, that I found really helpful and similar to what Tepos just said that um, Knowing God from Packer ah, yes. um, <laughs> that's what I suggested Good to Jake and Augustine yep. has them <laughs> and they have a, a study guide at the back Yes, um, that's really helpful and then I know this is your one of your favorites Mark um, The Value of Vision ah beautiful book yes very, de- you can very devotional actually, and yeah. that's one thing that we should also not neglect saying but discipling is not just head knowledge but it's also mm. helping each other to pray better mm. and pray more spiritful so if you read a, a prayer from here and just discuss it and then kind of fuel your prayer with it um, so yeah and, and just to answer a previous question about the dangers or whatever I think we we limited to oh I need to see this person face to face. Well, you can pray 
over the phone. You can oh. discipling is prayer. It's singing together. It's reading together. It's discussion. It's involved in each other's lives with transparency and s- dealing with sin. So anything that helps your pursuing after Christ, that's discipling. Yeah. So brother, that does bring us to the very practical reality that we are in the midst of lockdown level three mm-hmm. adjusted slightly um, you know to whatever the current standings are and <laughs> um, but we're in the middle of a whole new world you know social mm. distancing has created space between people um, <laughs> the truth is that we are more digitalized than ever before but i am picking up that there is a a degree of digital fatigue that is starting to descend like a heavy cloud uh, upon us as as a nation how how have you been discipling and how have you been discipled over this period what what does disciple look like uh, in our new normal in our new not so normal yeah so um one practical way um to to do that we've got a a, a directory uh, as a church um digital and and physical copy but i kind of go through the directory and i i try and, and pray for let's say five members a day mm. and when i pray before i pray so i've got the names written down then i would phone them and say hey mark um i'm gonna pray for you in a couple of minutes what can i pray for you mm. it's just over the phone or even a WhatsApp. Hey, bro, I'm going to pray for you. Just WhatsApp me two big prayer requests in your life, immediate prayer requests. Um, so that I would do. Or if I feel that, or if the person's got time, I'm like, hey, your name's on my list to pray for today. What can I pray for? And then when they voice those, then I'll just say, okay, well, let me quickly pray for you. And I just pray over the phone. Mm. Um, I think uh, we find that really, really helpful. Mm. And funny enough, as elders, we've been doing this, and we've been seeing that members are picking up. Yeah. So I spoke to someone last week, and I say, oh, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, yeah, no. Someone, this one and this one actually phoned me yesterday, and they asked me the same things. And I'm like, wow, great. Oh. Okay, that's, that's, it's picking up. That um, is cool. So I think that's, that's one way. Um, Another way, I think. Well, hang on, K- K- be- before you before you run into another way, you you've kind of got my yeah. cogs moving, and just recognizing that in the context of a local church, uh, if you're a pastor that's listening and you're thinking about discipleship and how to integrate discipleship into your church and kick discipleship off, you've listened to books a bit and th- maybe you've you know written down the the names of a couple of books that you might read together in a small group setting. But let me just say that it is really important in the context of a local church that people know who are in and who are out, that they know who are members, who've Amen. committed to the church, um, so that they know who's pre- who are the people that have presented themselves to be discipled mm. in the context of the mm-hmm. local church. One, one of the very practical ways that we do that at Crystal Park uh, we were talking about it even yesterday because we need to update the photos now that uh, lockdown has been lifted is that we have photos of the members of our church on the door of our church so as you walk in you see we've got 115 people who are members of crystal park baptist church their faces are on the door of the church so that you know 
these are the people who have committed to us as a local church. These are the people that we are obligated mm. to be committed to as a local church. You, mm. you just spoke about a member's directory and that you're praying through a member's directory. Mm. I think that is a very useful tool yeah. um, that churches can make available to their members so that their members can be mm-hmm. enabled um, to engage with one another. Anything that you want to add mm. just in terms of of local churches and the dynamic of discipling within the context of the local church. Anything else that that might enable that? Temple? Yeah. Um. Just also thinking about who to disciple, and yeah, it's it's been it's been it's been a thought in my mind uh, because sometimes you'll find people that don't want to commit to the local church, but they sort of put their hands up to be discipled. And so you you sort of think of the the resources that you have in the church, which 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 would best go to your members first. And so yeah, it, I think I think it's it's always wise to 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 be looking out to your members, the people who've said, look, we we are in covenant with you, keep us accountable. Then a person who's going to walk through your doors one one Sunday in a month. Or one Sunday in two months, and so you 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 don't there's there's actually nothing really going on there, so yeah I think I think it's 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 very important that we we look at the local church and people who have um who who have said that they want to be part of the local church to be in membership, then those are the people that we can look towards to be discipling mm. and giving off our energies to because they've covenanted with mm. us look uh, and that's not to say that discipleship can't happen outside of the context of local yeah. church I, I mean i think of before i served as pastor at crystal park baptist church i i worked at dimension data mm-hmm. and i remember a number of key relationships over that period of time that that were developed uh, i think of uh, a, a man named simon and a, a man named fricky i, I used to I uh, did I say fricky? I meant to say flippy. <laughs> um, we we used to meet, um, you know, at lunch. We'd yeah. go and sit underneath this beautiful tree on on the cusp of a golf course. Uh, you would have loved it, Tommy. Um, we had a nine-hole golf I course. Loved it, yeah. Oh man, the, uh, it was just wonderful. And we used to go and sit there and 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 spend our our lunch time as we ate our two brokies, um <laughs> as we as we ate our Ooh. more uh, more often than not KFC because. <laughs> But but as we ate our lunch, we would sit and we would talk. Sometimes we'd pray. Sometimes there'd be counselling. And um, sometimes we'd read mm. scripture. Sometimes we'd talk about the big stuff, like you, you know Jesus and mm. salvation, and just it was a joyful time. Yeah. Uh, in in actual fact, l- leaving the office for me, uh, one of the things that I missed so much was was the absence of those of those relationships which uh. had developed. They were very important to me, and they were formative both to me and to those men. Uh, I, I certainly am in contact uh, with uh, with some of them to this day. A uh, number of people um, commenting on Facebook. Um, Robert Claude Penrith, I know that name. Ah, yes, that's my father. One of my <laughs> favorite people in the world. Says thanks for input and guidance on this important conversation. And that discipleship is the key to growth in both the believer and ultimately the body of Christ. Uh, and then just a gentle acknowledgement at the end. We don't always get it right. 
Um, oh. And then uh, Glyn Williams uh, suggests uh, two more books, um, one by Timothy Whitmer, uh, The Shepherd Leader, and the other, The Shepherd Leader at Home. Um, well worth mm. uh, reading. Glyn's a good man, uh, attends at Witchwood Baptist Church, also yep. out on the East Rand. Good to have you uh, listening in, brother. And and just, just to think, like I'm just thinking about this... Um, so Tommy maybe 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 you're getting a question from me now. <laughs> so um what about what about uh people or members in the church? So I don't I just want, I don't just want to say people who are coming in, but members in your church um who who haven't put up their hands to say I want to be discipled. What what about those? How how do you go about mm-hmm. um going to them? Mm. Yeah, I I would open and honest is the best policy I always say so I I would literally just approach them and say hey would you like to get together for a coffee Um, Mm. and and start slow Uh, there might be several reasons why they wouldn't like to be discipled uh, or or be in a discipling relationship Um, or kind of find out who they're comfortable with in the church and then approach that other person and say hey how's so and so doing Um, I've got two books for you why don't you take these two books and read it with a brother or sister? Um, or, or just, yeah, say, listen, can I meet up with you? Or come over for dinner. So I think the, the approach stays the same. Mm. I think the, the message stays the same. It's mm. just the, the love for one another that would uh, push us towards one another um, mm. and, and, and help. Maybe that person... Are, they they might be immature and they don't know what it is to be mm. part of a body and mm. you just kind of need to mature them and help them to see that this is what we do um, so again just that transparency um, and just yeah love to pursue one another yeah someone listening in this morning Tommy says this is what I need I, I want to grow in my spiritual life I want to I want to mature I've been attending a church but 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 I realize I, I need a discipleship relationship I, I need to be discipled mm. um, how do they go about finding those kinds of relationships within the context of a local church what are some of the things yeah. we, we can do in order to find relationships so this is less so on the disciple maker and more so on the disciplee what can they do mm. in order to make themselves available to be discipled yeah well that's a great first start to actually acknowledge that you want to be um and then i think it's easier from there that you can reach out to one of your elders or your pastor and say listen here you know where i am at um can you maybe refer me to someone that's that's either engaging already discipling um or just get a, a few people together uh and 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 kind of drive this um and 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 get together with people uh, I know coffee shops are open at the moment, so you can get together at a coffee shop or a restaurant. Um, or, uh, yeah, so, or just uh, download the Zoom app and, and say, listen, yeah, here's a good article. So it, it takes hard work and it takes yeah. uh, taking initiative. Mm, this um, is so intentional. if this person wants to be discipled, well, take the initiative and, and become a disciple. I always mm. say that the easiest way to be discipled is to become a disciple. Mm. Um, so, yeah. You know, so much of the Christian walk, and uh, Tepo, I'm going to ask the same question to you, just how can people make avail themselves for mm. for for being discipled? But but I, I do want to say, so much of the Christian walk is an intentional act. 
um, mm. is an intentional act. You know, you, you don't mm. read your Bible by accident. No, you intentionally create space that your Bible can be read. You wake up earlier or mm. you go to bed later or you set a time during the day. Um, prayer is an intentional act. You wake up earlier or you go to bed later or you set time during the day or you, you have a <coughs> member list that you can pray according to the needs in the church or the names of the people in the church. There, there's a degree of intentionality in many of the in all the spiritual disciplines. Even going mm. to church is an intentional act. You know, <laughs> there's so much things that a person could do on a Sunday, um, but we intentionally choose to go to church because we do not want to give up meeting together with the saints. Even more so as we see the day approaching. Um, but Tepo, this if this act of dis- of being discipled is an intentional act, how do we put ourselves in the way <laughs> of people who might disciple us? Well. I'm gonna talk about myself. Mm, shoot. <laughs> so, 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 let's say for instance, um, I'm thinking about something or going through something. What, what I would do is I would knock to, uh, I would knock on the door next to my office, <laughs> and that's Mark's office, by the way. And Mark's so, study. Wow. Okay, <laughs> Mark's study. And and then um, I would I would just ask him a question like, what do you think of this? And that's where the conversation uh, conversation would be sparked from, and then we we could we we would then have a um, conversation, and even there. So so, I think one thing to take away from that is, it's not even formal. It's not even formalized. It's like, I'm just walking to you. Mm. Um, you don't even know I'm coming. Mm. Just knock, ask you a question, and here a conversation is sparked, and from there I can walk away helped, and even you too because. You might you might not even have thought of what I asked you in 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 the way I asked it, mm. and so this is both beneficial to you and to me at that time. So yeah, it's just ask people questions. Like I get questions on WhatsApp from <laughs> he might be listening. He probably yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> get um uh, a, a a WhatsApp asking me oh. You said this during your sermon on Sunday. What did that mean? And then I'd, I'd, I'd then have time. Um, most times I don't answer WhatsApp messages, but then when I do get the time, I would send him a message and say, okay, this is how I got there. These are the, the texts. And he'd ask for my sermon notes. Mm. Um, and yeah, he would go through that. And so that's, that's really helpful because people come to you. And it's like, as a person... You need to have um I think I think you need to be approachable, right? As 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 as, mm-hmm. as a person who wants to disciple. Um and so I think that that also helps for people who are looking to be discipled. And it's it's just like just ask a question and see how that goes. And also um if if you are intentional about being discipled, then I think you can then say, Can you please um walk with me on this road? Can mm-hmm. you please show me um the 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 road to, to Christ? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I just even as you're talking, Tepo, I, I realize that in this post-lockdown world, in this digital age, we are discipling in different ways, and it's yeah. happening. It's happening as we are enabled or or using the communication channels that we are afraid with that we understand. Uh, I just think of you know names are popping into my head like Christoph and Zakele and mm. Teresa, you know guys that will engage with me on WhatsApp, and we will have lengthy conversations uh, on that communication channel, yeah. um, and sometimes weighty conversations uh, sharing information uh, one with another um, and that is a that is a form of discipleship 
I do though think that if if you are wanting to be discipled, if you attend church on a Sunday, mm. make sure that you arrive a little bit early and you leave a little bit late and you start to get to know the mm. people mm. in the local community that you have entrusted yourself to. Yeah. Um that you that mm. you start to understand people's personalities, that you start to get an idea of of people's spiritual maturity mm-hmm. so that so that you can identify people either that you might disciple or you might be discipled by um there's a Mm -hmm. there's a degree of intentionality that i think is helpful there um let me Mm -hmm. let me also say join a midweek bible study um or a midweek small group um uh, church is church is wonderful i love church man i'm so excited to be back at church now that lockdown (laughs) i'd be worried if you don't (laughs) (laughs) this is true Uh, but one of the things that i love about church is that i get to see you know 200 people on a sunday at two different services um i get to see like a number of people on a sunday and whilst i'm not having the weightiest of conversations with them i am seeing their faces i'm seeing their smiles i'm picking up their body language uh, I, i'm 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 seeing if there's something that i need to follow up during during the week um attending church helps both you and others uh, engage in that kind of community um uh, uh, mechanism that community way but a small group bible study allows you to actually engage with one another over a cup of coffee mm. it, in, it allows you to talk into the conversation and be heard there, there's a far more weighty engagement that happens and so if you are wanting to be discipled find out about your church's small group bible studies and hook into one which is appropriate to you whether that be on a day of the week or whether that be um, age appropriate young adults or ladies Bible study or men's Bible study or whatever it might mean um, uh, I, I think uh, I think that is really really important I, I, there's a couple of questions that have come through at the moment um, mm. one is for Tommy directly how does Brackenhurst take in members do you disciple them first before they can become members of the church I think that's a great question I didn't get the name of the person asking it but but let me say that's a great question because I think Brackenhurst does this really well so Tommy um, yeah just talk about that a bit yeah so yeah we do um, so what we do is we we have a membership in information class which is I think it's six classes uh, for people to to just get to know us and get to know and we to get to know them um, just to say guys this is who we are we don't want to become members and then you get surprised by any any um, surprises of what we believe and who we are so we do that and then if you are still interested then we actually pair you up if you're a single lady or a man we'll probably pair you up with a, a man or a woman or if you're a couple you can be going through lessons as a couple um and imprint actually printed this little book uh for brackeners uh it's 10 lessons um on who we are and what we are it is general so any church can uh, go through this i'm just reading through the uh, the index or the content we it's a lesson on the bible the gospel church membership church discipline the ordinances church government making disciples corporate worship uh church covenant and the statement of faith um so you work through this little book with someone that we paired you up with and when you're done with that um then we bring you to the church and the church affirms or votes on you as a member um but doing it through that way we encourage people to disciple so immediately it's not that the elder that 
takes you through these lessons. Uh, It's a fellow member. So we put you up in a relationship with another person that you can reach out to before you can become a member. So that's in short. That's how we, that's how we bring in membership and uh, get a culture of discipling even through the process of membership. Mm, Excellent. I I think Tepo, you've, largely been pushing for a similar kind of process at Crystal Park Baptist Church Uh, and so we have been pairing people up with members in the local church in order to create these discipleship relationships as they Uh take them through the the material um, uh, that that people need to be familiar with in order to be assimilated into the church Um, Tommy just as we kind of begin to draw the yep. conversation to an end um yeah any any kind of like last minute thoughts uh learnings uh on the subject of discipleship that you'd like to convey yeah i, I think just closing comments um we need to make sure that we're always um growing ourselves um we can't help other people's grow if we don't grow ourselves um, so if we're in a, a discipling relationship, uh, we need to have a clear goal in mind. We want to see people grow in their maturity. Um, I always find it helpful in a relationship to ask questions. Uh. It's always good. Um, we need to pay the price. Discipling takes time and effort. Yeah. Um, and like we said earlier, it, it, it calls for transparency, which is difficult. So you'll have to expose yourself as the other person exposes themselves. So uh, pay the price. Um, pray with and for the person you are discipling. I think that's an important thing. And then love. Uh, love the one you disciple and love the church. Uh, and this love will help you go and disciple. Uh, mm. Love will help you see the other person's good before yours. So be selfless. Um, and this love will help you to persevere in this relationship. Um, and this love will help you with humility in these relationships. So, um, yeah, make sure you're growing. Have a clear goal in mind, ask questions, pay the price, uh, pray and love. Mm. That's my closing comment. Very, very helpful, Tommy. Thank you so much uh, for engaging with us on this very important subject. Uh, We really do appreciate uh, everything that you've shared. Tepo, when it comes to discipleship and when it comes to living in this world, this uh, post-lockdown world, this world which is just really so complex to navigate uh, social distancing masks on yeah yeah, what are some of the ways that we as believers as we that we as members of local churches can can really put discipleship in 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 the front um, in 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 the fore uh, and and given an appropriate place an appropriate time and uh, and that we can we can really grow in this area what are are some of the things that come to mind uh, that we can lead the listeners out with so so actually I actually have a meeting with one of the guys that I haven't seen in a while um yeah I think I think we like like we've been saying all along we have to be intentional right and so even leaders in the church need to lead by example mm. um like uh being hospitable I was actually chatting to my wife about this last night um just the it's not the elder's job right the elder yes leads by example and when we see it, we need to imitate that. Um, but it, for some people, it's difficult 
for many reasons why they don't do it um but i think i think it's just constantly encouraging that um constantly teaching on um what discipleship can look like what hospitality can look like and what it's not because mm-hmm. certain people have um what it, they think that they are types of expectations that don't even exist mm. they they they're not even in the in the bible they they just put the expectations there for themselves like and for example if yeah. you invite people over to yeah. be ho- to exercise hospitality for the sake of discipleship toward mm-hmm. the image of Christ you've got to like lay out your sunday best you know you've got to put a roast on the table <laughs> no. and who's got money for that at the yeah. end of the month yeah. you know no, Some, no, no. sometimes yeah. uh, sometimes oh, hot dogs on a on a summer's day exactly. is just fine yeah. or even better let me just say that um a cup of coffee invited over for a cup of coffee yeah. or a cup of tea as opposed to a meal which might cost an arm and a leg uh-huh. um it is most is a most appropriate way of exercising hospitality and encouraging yeah. friendship yeah. Uh, and interaction uh, i mean even even for um well not specifically young adults but anybody in the church you you can have like a bring and bry and there you'll start you you'll sort of see relationships forming because you've spoken beyond um church hours and now you you you've 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 come to know about what this person's week might look like mm. where they work and who their friends are and so you're able to speak um with with more insight into their lives and as you disciple them so yeah i think i think we all need to be intentional um and we all need to put ourselves out there and to be approachable as well is very important uh if if somebody's trying to get you to disciple them mm. i mean somebody might not say mark can you please disciple me mm. but you you you'll sort of start seeing that this person actually puts themselves in front of me and constantly engages with me mm. uh, for certain um insights and to be discipled yeah maybe just pastoral note um it would be great if people who are wanting to engage in discipleship made themselves known mm-hmm. to the leadership of the church um, put up their hand and said you know I, I'm at a stage where I'd really like to disciple someone mm. uh, you know maybe mm. even this is the demographic that, that, that I think I'd be well suited uh, to lead um, that then really helps to uh, begin the pairing process you mm. know because the mm. elders often know what the needs are in the church but don't always know what the resources are mm. and so if you're mm. in a in a place where you would like to get involved in discipleship make that known to the leadership of your church so that mm. you can be utilized in this way and to God's glory mm. yeah no I, I i fully agree with that so yeah um just put yourself out there be approachable be loving and as well, you yourself as a discipler need to put yourself out there to be discipled because you too need to grow. Well, that brings us to the end of uh, this morning's table talk. It has been really, really good to talk to Tommy van der Volt uh, from Imprint and to Tepo Pitzel from Crystal Park Baptist Church, both men. I, I really appreciate your wisdom, your insight on this really important topic of discipleship. Uh, just if you've been listening 
uh, through the show. Uh, let me tell you what we're going to be talking about next week. We're going to be talking about adoption with Safiso and Chachelo Pule. I'm so looking forward to chatting them to them. They are mm. from Open Home Africa, and they are going to be engaging us on topics of uh, adoption. We're going to be talking transracial adoption. We are going to be talking uh, uh, transcultural adoption. Uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting show and very relevant Wonderful. to where South Africa is. Um, friends, our, our prayers go out to all the elders and deacons holding the line in local churches all across South Africa and to our missionaries serving in foreign fields. We also want to remember and pray for and give much respect to our first responders. Those are our police, our firefighters, our paramedics and our correctional services officers um, serving in our nation. You have been listening to Table Talk with me, your host. We are going to go to a song, The Redeemer of My Heart by Janine now. And so until next week, Friday, go with God and get after it. <laughs>